Acts chapter 8. And I'm going to pray and ask that God will speak to us through his word. It's what we believe as Christians, that God speaks to us and teaches us all that we need to know about uh, how we can trust in Jesus, be saved, and live a life that pleases God. So let me pray, and then we'll spend just a few moments looking at this passage and hearing God's word. Father, we thank you again for your amazing grace in these men's lives that we've heard of tonight. And Lord, we want now to spend a few moments listening to you speak to us through your word. Thank you that your word is a living word. Thank you that it is powerful and effective. And pray, Lord, that your word will be at work tonight. Perhaps there are those here for whom this is all very new, very confusing. And we pray, Lord, that you will meet with those and reveal yourself to them. And Lord, speak to each one of us. Encourage us in our hearts, we pray, for the Lord Jesus' sake. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read um, from Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. I imagine that most of us have experienced, to some degree, the pain of being excluded or alienated, defriended on social media perhaps, cut off by family, ignored by friends or colleagues or family, housemates. Uh, some of our international friends may have heard the English idiom, send someone to Coventry. Uh, it means to deliberately not talk to someone, act as if they no longer exist. I have no idea why Coventry, by the way. It's a perfectly nice city with a stunning modern cathedral. It also happens to be the place of my favorite Indian restaurant, Chumeric Gold. Uh, and now I'm not on commission. Other Indian restaurants in Coventry are available, but not nearly as good. But I know that for some here, our sense of alienation goes way deeper. You may have been excluded from your country, 
We've heard testimonies tonight, haven't we, of Iranian men having to flee an oppressive regime. Others have fled war and all kinds of injustice. Some of you are alienated from family members because you've had a massive argument, a huge falling out. Maybe you've turned away from the religion that you were born into in order to follow Jesus. And I'm sure there will be some here tonight who, despite our very best efforts to make you all feel welcome, you still feel a little bit like an outsider because, well, I don't know, you're not used to being in a church building perhaps, or English is your second language, so you're not quite understanding everything. Or perhaps the Bible seems like a strange book to you, or you've never seen a baptism before, and you're just confused as to why anyone would want to allow themselves to be pushed under water, fully clothed, with spectators. I mean, it does seem a bit bizarre, doesn't it? Well, for anyone feeling alienated or excluded this evening, I want to say, firstly, we are so glad that you are here because the God that we worship as Christians is passionately concerned for the marginalized and the alienated, the rejected, the harshly and unjustly treated, the poor and needy, widows, orphans, refugees, asylum seekers. You only have to read the four Gospels which tell the good news of Jesus to see how he delighted always to show compassion and mercy to the people that everybody else looked down on and rejected. That was simply Jesus' way. Now the book of Acts that I read from tells the account of the birth of the Christian church around 2,000 years ago. So this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead and has returned to heaven. And this Ethiopian eunuch knew all about what it was to be an outsider, to be excluded. Yes, it's true, we're told, verse 27, that he's a very important official in charge of the treasury, what we would call a, a chancellor or finance minister today, but he's also a foreigner. And if he was a literal eunuch, that is, without fully functioning male anatomy, if I can put it delicately with children here, well, he was excluded by the law of God from entering the temple in Jerusalem, and that's where he's just been traveling from. And if the Bible seems like a strange book to you, well, be encouraged, because it was to this Ethiopian too. Uh, we can assume, I think, that he was an intelligent man, certainly good with numbers, but when Philip, one of the early church leaders, runs up to his chariot and asks if he understands the Bible passage that he's reading out loud, he says, verse 31, how can I? unless someone explains it to me. So he's clearly a worshipper, a religious man, but as regards the Christian faith, he is an outsider. And yet by the end of this account, something has changed, dramatically changed, because he says down in verse 36, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And then after Philip baptizes him, we're told, end of verse 39, the Ethiopian eunuch went on his way rejoicing. And so he's moved from exclusion to joyful inclusion. Now we have just a few moments at the end of this baptismal service. So I just want to draw out very, very briefly three things that we can learn from this account. Because, you know, this portion of God's word, wonderfully, can lead any outsider here tonight along that same road that the Ethiopian official took from exclusion to joyful inclusion. Anyone. No matter who you are, where you're from, what you may have done in the past that you're deeply ashamed of, no matter what your religious or social background. So first, it's important to recognize that by nature, everyone is excluded from God's presence. Everyone 
is excluded from God's presence. Uh, The temple in Jerusalem where the Ethiopian had been to worship represented the dwelling place of God, the place where he would meet with his people. But there was a problem. Because the Bible describes God as a supremely holy being. That is to say, God is completely set apart from us human beings. He's on an entirely different level. So don't think top of the Premier League, as my team Arsenal is at the moment. I don't want to gloat. It may not be there at the end of the season. But no, don't think top of the Premier League. No, God is in a league entirely of his own. A league infinitely far above all other leagues, utterly perfect in every way. So perfectly loving, perfectly just, perfectly good, perfectly faithful, and so on. The problem is that you and I are not like that. Some of us might feel we live quite good, moral lives. We try hard to do to others as we would have them do to us. But Jesus once said the most important commandment of all is to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And not one of us, if we're honest with ourselves and God, not one of us does that. The Ethiopian eunuch was excluded from the presence of God because of his emasculation, his physical imperfection. But today you and I are excluded from God's presence because of our moral imperfection and our failure to acknowledge and wholeheartedly worship God as our perfect creator and as our generous provider who has a divine right to lovingly rule over our lives. By nature... Every one of us here, without exception, is excluded from God's presence. Which sounds pretty hopeless, but actually no, there is great hope. Because secondly, Jesus was excluded on our behalf. The passage that the Ethiopian official was reading in his chariot was from what what Christians call the Old Testament, written hundreds of years earlier. Words spoken by a prophet called Isaiah, who predicted and pointed forward to someone that God would send into the world to deal with this massive problem of our exclusion and alienation from God's presence. And look again at what Isaiah says of this person who would come. Verse 32, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. In another part of the Bible, Jesus is described as being with God in the beginning. From all eternity, Jesus, the Son of God, enjoyed perfect, uninterrupted fellowship with his Father in heaven. He experienced fully and joyfully the presence of God that you and I are excluded from. But because God is a God of generous love and rich mercy, in his good pleasure, he sent Jesus into the world to deal with this alienation that we can't deal with ourselves. He came into the world in human form, fully human, and yet in a mysterious way that we can't fully grasp, also fully God, the God-man like us in every way, except that he kept the law of God perfectly. He did love God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength, flawlessly, 100% of the time. And so it's shocking, really, that we're told that this Jesus that Isaiah was predicting was led like a lamb to the slaughter, was deprived of justice, his life taken from the earth, Why would the God of perfect justice allow his perfectly obedient and law-abiding son to be deprived of justice? Indeed, to be crucified. In Roman times, that was a death reserved for criminals. 
Well, earlier in the very passage the Ethiopian official was, was reading, you can look it up later in Isaiah 53, Isaiah explains, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. On the cross, on what we now remember as Good Friday, Jesus cries out to his Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why indeed? The answer is that Jesus was alienated from God and excluded from his presence in your place and in my place as a willing substitute. His perfection offered an exchange for our imperfection, accepted by God as the perfect sacrifice for my failure and yours to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And that is the means by which finally Jesus offers us the joy of inclusion. What is it that made the Ethiopian want to be baptized the moment that he saw water? Well, Philip, end of verse 35, told him the good news about Jesus. We've heard the testimonies this evening of four people who have heard the good news about Jesus and have responded. Clearly, this eunuch responded too to the good news by believing and trusting in the humiliation of Jesus, his unjust death on the cross. He accepted that Jesus willingly submitted himself to unjust punishment so as to bring him peace and reconciliation to God. And from that moment on, that very moment, the Ethiopian eunuch became an insider, sins forgiven, fully included, welcomed into God's presence, and indeed into his family. And so then he goes on his way rejoicing. Is there anyone here who's feeling like an outsider tonight? Excluded, alienated, marginalized, looked down on? Rejected, despised, separated from loved ones, unjustly, unfairly treated by those in authority. Somebody cried out all the time. And maybe you too. My dear friends, Jesus gets it. He's been there. Indeed, he has been to a far darker place and suffered far greater injustice than any one of us can ever even imagine. But he suffered willingly so that you and I can be included in the family of God, chosen to be adopted as his children. And you know, the promise tonight to anyone, anyone who puts their trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus is one of indescribable joy, even in the midst of fierce trials, even in the midst of alienation, even if everybody else hates you, you can have indescribable joy. That is the good news of Jesus. That is what is transforming the lives of these four Iranian brothers that we've had the privilege of witnessing their baptisms tonight. That's what is transforming the lives of many, many people here from all kinds of nations, all kinds of backgrounds, and many people around the world. It is good news of great joy. So I wonder, can I ask you this evening, if you've not yet been baptized, not yet trusted in Jesus, what then I wonder is standing in the way of you putting your trust in him and being baptized? 
just going to suggest we have a moment of quiet now as our service begins to draw to a close. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in your own heart. You may have all kinds of questions tonight about what does it mean to be a Christian? How can I become a Christian? Why would I want to be a Christian? But there may be some here this evening, and you've heard this before. You know, actually, that God is calling you, that he wants you to put your trust in Jesus fully and completely so that you too can have that, that great joy that the Ethiopian eunuch experienced. Why don't we just have a moment of quiet and we can each make our own response in our hearts and then I'll lead us in a very short prayer. Father, thank you that the good news of Jesus is good news for everyone. Whatever our background, whatever our struggles, whatever we may have done in the past, wherever we may have been, whatever we may feel ashamed of, however alienated and excluded we may feel, Father, please help us to trust in Jesus, in his death, his resurrection. Father, for those who have already done that, we pray that this evening you would strengthen our faith, give us your Holy Spirit afresh, and help us to lead lives that will show the reality of Jesus to those around us who do not know him. And Lord, for any who are not yet trusting in Jesus, we pray in your great mercy that you might open their eyes and open their hearts and open their minds, and that Lord, even tonight in this place, they may have an encounter with you, the true and living God. They may hear the good news of Jesus and respond in faith and repentance. We ask it in his precious name and for his glory. Amen.